You know, I'm gonna give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> start laughing! And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today, I am pleased to introduce to you the roast of Patrice O'Neill. Those of you that have been with us since the beginning know around this time of year, uh, we lost the great Patrice O'Neill November 29th, 2011. Crazy that it's been 12 years already. Uh, so this is typically the time of year we do our Patrice episode. And today I decided to do the roast of Patrice because we still hear a lot about it, specifically two stories that we'll get to at the end. There are two moments from this roast that live on today that you hear get mentioned on comedy podcasts and things like that. Um, but uh, also it's interesting to me, this is kind of a roast for the sake of the comedians, which is pretty rare um, in the sense that uh, we had, we, we, I had to make a choice when pulling these clips. Uh, we chose the audio version. <laughs> this is, there's no video to go along today because it's good audio. The video version sounds terrible. It's hard to hear a lot. There are even moments in the audio version that are very hard to hear. Um, but that's why we're audio only today. Because like I said, it, it seems like, like I think it, Sounds like they sold tickets and everything. It's an event put on by the Steinbergs. We might hear their name mentioned a couple of times. They were Patrice's managers. Um, and I still think today manage like Big J Okerson and a few other guys. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, it's not a it's not a Comedy Central roast. I guess it's done in the spirit of the Friars Club type of stuff where it's not meant to be released. Um, but it was done at the Boston Comedy Club, which no longer exists. And I guess it was just for uh, Patrice's birthday. So um, it's a lot of your favorites from Tough Crowd, like Voss is the MC, uh, Jim Norton, Bob Kelly, Greg Giraldo, Keith Robinson, uh, and obviously Patrice. There's a few other names that um, you probably don't recognize on here. I tried to pull a clip from everyone. Um, the only person I didn't pull a clip of is Lynn Coplitz who is on the roast and kind of at the start of her thing says, I don't know Patrice. And she was filling in for someone. She was reading jokes written by someone else and kind of was trying to do, it was a bit that I didn't understand and it's 20 years ago. So rather than be like, what the fuck is this lady doing? I just figured we'd skip that one. So breeze right by uh, it. So check out the full two hours if you want on uh, YouTube. If you've never heard this before or, uh, for nostalgia purposes, and, um, you know, check that out. And I think we may do something on Patreon involving Patrice as well, an Opie and Anthony segment involving Patrice and Bobo. Probably not the one you're thinking of, <laughs> uh, but one of, one of my favorites. Um, so check all that out. And if you want to be on the Patreon, if you want those bonus episodes, if you want these episodes a week early, then become a member on Patreon or YouTube, whichever is easier for you. Um, Patreon, you get a little more stuff because we're able to do more there. For example, I think we're watching Matt Rife's special at some point coming up with Carl from WATP, and that we won't be able to put on YouTube. So that'll probably be a Patreon only um, if you guys want to check that out. So uh, consider that. Best place to find those links is blindmike.net. Uh, if you go to blindmike.net, you can also find all the free links to this podcast, um, wherever you get podcasts, as well as the Blind Mike Project and Who Are These Socials that I do with the aforementioned Carl. Uh, so check those out if you'd like. We also have merch up there. 
Um, and all of those links are at blindmike.net. So check it out if you want to support the show. And uh, subscribe on YouTube if you wouldn't mind. We're trying to get to 5,000 by the end of the year. Seems a little out of our out of reach based on our averages, but I think uh, with the help of you folks at home, we can get there. So subscribe, tap the notification bell, all that stuff. <sighs> all right. A man who would have hated everything I just did is the great Patrice O'Neill, uh, who was being honored <laughs> yeah. at the Boston Comedy Club in New York City in 2003. So 20 years, uh, I didn't re- even realize we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of this roast. Um, so let's get into it. We start with the great Rich Voss, who, by the way, speaking of the Patreon, we did his roast recently. Um, another one of my favorite roasts. Uh, we did that on Patreon a couple of months ago. So if you want to check that out. But we start with Voss here, who is emceeing. Patrice, oh, his career is doing fucking well, man. Uh, you can't deny that. He was in the Spike Lee movie. Uh, he was in a Meg Ryan movie. Uh, my favorite piece of work is that movie he was in with uh, Sigourney Weaver, where you couldn't see him through the mist. <laughs> <laughs> Just a straight-up racist joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of stuff that you, they would do on Tough Crowd now where it's like they're all friends and Patrice is in on it and everything. and But we've just decided like you can't do that anymore even if all parties involved enjoy it, you know. <laughs> um, but that's just good old fa- – that's like classic Opie and Anthony Tough Crowd type of ball busting, you know, good old-fashioned racism. It's the stuff I miss. The other thing interesting as we go through this is it's interesting to hear where everyone's career is at this time. So this is – while Last Comic Standing is airing. So there's a lot of references to how hot Voss is right now. In fact, uh, this might be the start of Voss turning into a legend, quote-unquote, because Geraldo even makes a joke. He's like, I don't understand this bit Voss is doing now, where he's like, I'm a, I'm a headliner, I'm above all you. Like, what, what is this, Voss? You're on NBC. <laughs> but but um, the the... Reverse of that is also Bill Burr is on this, and there's a couple of jokes about made about Bill Burr. So it's interesting to see where everyone's career was 20 years ago versus now. Uh, but I think we got one more Voss before we move off of him. Yeah, this is uh, him being heckled by uh, Norton. Yeah, so this is the dynamic, and we pointed this out a lot in the Voss roast. Is like this is an element you don't get with the Comedy Central roasts um, because these guys are all friends. So this is the type of thing that like on TV would be edited out. But at an event like this, you get the full, uh, uh, you know, it feels like you're at the comedy cellar table, as they say. If you really want to see how much people can stand this fucking guy, go to the tough crowd message board. All right? Richard Speck is more liked amongst nurses. Hold on one second. So. He's talking about Patrice there, obviously, and Norton's about to chime in. I should note that uh, this is during that hiatus. We've mentioned um, pretty much every time we talk about ONA, we mentioned they were on hiatus from 02 to 04 because they got fired for the Sex for Sam thing. So right now, Jim Norton is on Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, and Opie and Anthony are uh, there in the audience, but they're not allowed to participate in anything. They can't be part of any sort of uh, media. So that's the state of Jim Norton's career right now. Richard Speck is more liked amongst nurses. <laughs> Wasn't that a good one? You can't be clever, just be stupid. Okay. Thank you. Jesus, now you got to sit next to him to kiss up? You fucking zero. 
Jesus, a year ago he would have been between Opie and Anthony. Jesus Christ. How the fuck? You, ju- you bandwagon jumping douchebag. You fucking, holy shit. Jesus Christ. And I don't want to smell your breath because it tastes like Dice's dick. That's right. He's a fucking. He's a marshmallow. He is, he, you can look back at him. Oh, fucking asshole. Opie, who? Oh no, no. I'm doing CERN this week. You fucking sellout cocksucker. For the record, Jim Norton never did do CERN. Just want that to throw that out there, but. Uh, that it's funny. It's also funny. I think when that rant shows by Voss is a couple of things. First of all, like once Voss gets on a roll, he's hilarious. But also, the words don't matter. The one, I, the thing I always point to is uh, I heard Joe List talk about this. That Chris Rock is a line in his uh, one of his specials where he says uh, that when you're white, the sky's the, lim- the limit. But when you're black, the limit's the sky. And that gets a big laugh. And Joe List never understood that line. He's like, what does that mean? It doesn't make any sense. And so he asked Chris Rock about it. And Chris Rock said, eh, I don't know, but people know what I'm going for. So it gets a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and when Va- that's what, for some reason, I thought of that line when uh, Voss said, I don't want to smell your breath because it tastes like Dice's dick. And he also kind of stumbled on tastes. <laughs> like none of it made sense if you analyze it, but he was delivering it with such passion that you knew what he meant. And you're like, ah, fuck Norton. I'm with you. <laughs> he does care more about dice now. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Yeah. Um, next we have uh, Bobby Kelly and his rant. Yes. So uh, Bob Kelly was uh, uh, also backed against a wall. This is a hostile environment <laughs> for <laughs> even for a roast. Um, so Bobby Kelly throws a couple of jokes out there and, uh, the, the, the dais starts turning on. I was going to say, I, I don't care who you are and what stage you are as a comic. I would not want to go up on this stage at all. <laughs> well, here's the thing about like this group is Voss is hosting and Bobby's the first roaster and already like they're chirping them <laughs> and, and agitating them. <laughs> Douchebag. I'm not fucking Greg Giraldo. I need these. So I don't need motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here, stupid. You're not great. She does TV. I did the show once. Fucking douchebag. I really. I really can't, you know, Colin, you and you and Norton, you were all finished. And then Colin had to get a show and bring you all back on the fucking map. You dumped the Frankenstein. Go fuck yourself. Opie and Anthony was gone. He was going to jump out a window after sucking a transvestite cop. This douchebag was going to go coach his girls softball team. This fatso was going to fucking eat himself in the fucking coma. And you had to get a show. Fuck you and fuck you, singer. Suck a dick. Jeff, that was his audition for Tough Crowd. How do you do? By the way, Prescient saying Patrice was going to eat himself into a coma. It did, in fact, happen one day. (laughs) Yes, he did. But but yeah, Voss and Bobby, that's where uh, they're like, I think that's the biggest difference between ONA and Stern that we've talked about before, where like, 
those guys, the people that got goofed on on Stern weren't really allowed, allowed might be the wrong word, but like weren't given as much of an opportunity to strike back where like Voss and Bobby would take a fucking beating on ONA, but then they would give it out just as bad. I feel like you didn't get that element on Stern as much from a lot of their like. Oh yeah. Characters. And the more you would like torch Anthony, the harder he would laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- well, yeah, exactly. That's definitely something you didn't get with Stern or Opie. No, but no. Anyways, um, speaking of Bob Kelly, his no. other contribution to the roast. So it's a little weird. I'll say this. It didn't get goofed on too bad. So I'm, it must've gone over well, but because of the way this is recorded, we can't hear most of Bobby's set. Uh, he had an audiovisual presentation where like he interviewed, I don't know if they're open mic or like, but like young comics basically about Patrice. And the joke is that, you know, everyone says like what an asshole he is and just goes off on him. <laughs> um, so like he shows that. And then he says, I have another audio visual presentation. So like I said, we can't hear the things that they're playing on the screen, but I think from Bobby's description, you will understand uh, what this is. I believe Steve Byrne is in the audience for this, at least while Bobby is setting it up. Steve Byrne, by the way, if you don't know, um, he's a half Asian, half Irish comedian. He had that show Sullivan and Son on uh, uh, TBS for a couple of years. And he also did the documentary about the amazing Jonathan that we played a few clips of. Um, so that's who we're talking about here. I got, I got, you know, this is Patrice's roast. I just want to say one more thing. I did this other thing. Actually, I just wanted to show you this. Uh, a friend of mine, Steve Burns. You guys know Steve Burns? Real funny comic, right? You guys like Steve? Well, he actually borrowed my camera like a year ago to, uh, he had to do an SNL audition and you have to tape yourself doing characters. And, uh, I, he actually gave me the camera back and left the tape in the camera. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I kind of, I thought you guys might get a kick out of it like I did 57 times at my house. <laughs> so so they, they play it for everyone. And at some point, they don't really address it afterwards, but at some point you can hear Patrice say, I think Steve just left. <laughs> You're just so humiliated that he got up and left, which that is, I, I would think even like good auditions would be cringy. And obviously Steve didn't get it. So it wasn't amazing, but like even a good audition, if people are watching it in a crowd in the, in a context where this is not like, you know, Lauren Michaels and his staff evaluating it for, for, <laughs> for a check mark. This is, the meanest comedians in New York <laughs> watching it to brutalize you. And what I found hilarious about it is like Bob Kelly could have gone up to them any night. Like these guys are going to the comedy cellar, you know, three, four, five nights a week, whatever. Could have gone up to them any night and said, guys, you got to see it. We got to pop this in the VCR or whatever you would do back then. We got to watch Steve Burns audition tape. He held on to it. And he held on it onto it. For a roast that Steve Byrne wasn't on. <laughs> just to play Just it. to humiliate him. <laughs> That's so funny when you put it that way. <laughs> it's it's a it's a genre of comedy that like I I get like a lot of the ball busting could be pretty brutal, especially if people weren't in on it. Like I know Lisa Lampanelli didn't like Patrice because she didn't feel like in on the joke all the time and she wouldn't give it back to him the way he was giving it to her. So I get for a lot of people like 
I understand you not liking that brand of humor, but there's an element of ball busting that like, I I do think we've kind of lost that it is a shame. Although I think on podcasts, you still get that. I think that's the one nice thing about all these kind of individual podcasting is like, yeah, it might not be mainstream. It wasn't mainstream in 2003. That's why tough crowd got canceled. But uh, you do, you do still have a little bit of that, of that on podcasting, the, the kind of legacy that these guys left behind, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, Will Ferrell has like the most famous like audition tape for, yeah, I know a lot of those are out there and I've seen some of them and even like, got like it's like Phil Hartman's like no one's reacting, not even saying like Phil Hartman is bad, but I imagine if we showed that to a large group of people, Phil Hartman would be like, please, for the love of God, stop playing this. You know, that's what I was going to say. I was like, if Will Ferrell happened to be in the audience and Bobby Kelly pulled up his audition tape, the best one maybe ever done. He'd be like, I need to throw that out and start over. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm getting up. I'm leaving with Steve Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, next we have uh, DC Benny. Yeah. So DC Benny's one of the guys I, I, that I mentioned that maybe you guys don't, he was definitely part of this crew. I've heard his name a lot over the years. I've, don't know that I've ever seen or heard him do comedy, um, but I grabbed uh, one of his better lines. You fucking sociopath. You're a train wreck on the Underground Railroad. <laughs> when, did your become, when did your comedy become smart? I see you doing pussy fart jokes in the cellar. Okay, next day you're on Tough Crowd talking about your grassy knoll theory. You know? With your fucking cherry loafers. You look like G. Gordon Liddy's golf caddy. <laughs> that That's a thing we don't talk a lot about, Patrice, but like, uh, I've heard this before, that early in his career, it was all sex stuff. And even though you can't imagine Patrice doing any sort of hacky material, the way they describe some of his early comedy, I shouldn't even say hacky, but more like geared toward Def Jam or something like that, you know? Yeah. Where there's a little more of a formula to it. And what Patrice became later, and like when you watch Elephant in the Room, it's so the opposite of anything close to that. So it's hard to even imagine, which is why I like that DC Benny mentioned that. And uh, I also like that there are people on this roast. I think, I get the vibe. Again, I don't know uh, Vanessa Hollingshead we have coming up also. There's a couple names I don't know, but I do get the sense a couple people participated in this roast purely to tell Patrice to fuck himself. (laughs) Like it seemed somewhat good natured, but like they were holding on to these things for a little while. Right. Uh, Vanessa Hollingshead is next and I've never heard of her outside of this No idea who she is, but I thought she had a couple good lines. So we have uh, two clips of her actually. So I, I don't know much about her. Uh, she was one of the uh, lesser names on this list, but she definitely did a good job. I have to admit, I'm a little uncomfortable doing this. Patrice and I don't know each other that well. But then again, why would we? I'm not a prostitute. I'll never forget the first time I saw Patrice. I had the same thought most women have. If he dies, I could use his coat to reupholster my sofa. Hear Anthony. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention that that you can hear Anthony if you listen close enough. You can hear Anthony's laugh throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Whatever it is, that old man, that the guinea's evil cackle that he has stands out no matter how many people are in the crowd. Yeah, knowing his tweets now, this is a lot more evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
It's good to see Jim Norton tonight. You know, Jim, for a guy who likes women to shit in his mouth, your breath is surprisingly fresh. I don't know why that felt to me like an R-rated Rickles line for some reason, <laughs> where like it was almost a compliment. Like, right. <laughs> your breath is surprisingly fresh. I just wanted to mention that you pay hookers the shit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then marries them. Um, uh, next, we stay with her, and she talks about tough crown. Yeah, so this was a theme of the night: is people kind of uh, shitting on tough crowd. It was right in the midst of t- tough crowd. Was on for two years. I, this was somewhere in the middle in two thousand three. Um, so in its heyday, I guess you could say. Colin is proof that all cable networks are not obsessed with things like rating and prestige. <laughs> <laughs> It was great being on your show, although to thank you for being on Tough Crowd is like thanking a rapist for pulling out. (laughs) By the way, Rich, thank you. Nice tag calling Voss a rapist, which is always fun. <laughs> it's always good. Always plays. That, this is where this is what I'm talking about with this group getting, I think, uh, almost mislabeled. Is like because a lot of people would say, particularly about Tough Crowd and O and A, like, oh, it's it's misogynistic. I I guess because they would joke about women, they would bust guys' balls equally hard. I think as women, the issue is most women aren't as fucking vulgar. <laughs> As this group of men. So right. when one was like, they can hang with them and get respect. Like you hear she's crushing. <laughs> she's getting a lot of laughs there right. because she's just as fucking vicious as the rest of the animals in this crew. And this is what this, that is what Lisa Lampanelli thinks she was. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? <laughs> I think a better example, it's what Amy Schumer actually was when she was young. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Which was why she was friends with a lot of these guys. And then just kind of immediately lost that. And side note for anyone out there, I forget where this was. I heard Dan Soder on an obscure podcast recently. I would have played it on my on Blind Mike project, but I found it like too late. It was like a couple months old when I found it. Um, but it was Dan Soder talking about Amy Schumer's early career. And it was pretty interesting the way he talks about her kind of abandoning her core group of friends for when she got famous. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, what's next? Uh, Colin Quinn. CQ, this is a this is how uh, packed this roast was. Is Colin Quinn's going fourth or whatever? Mm. Um, so let's hear from the legend Colin Quinn. Now, wearing a sterling silver microphone around your neck, if it was white given gold. to you by somebody, white gold. White gold. Sorry. Oh. I can see your priorities are in order for your people. Oh, you really are unbelievable. You're right. We really do stereotype you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> White gold. I am a, I am a smart ass. It's true. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. The uh, no, the uh, wearing wearing a all right, white gold microphone around your neck is it's it's kind of pathetic if somebody gives it to you like in his award or something. But when you buy it for yourself, it's almost not to be made fun of. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> 
So I guess Patrice was wearing a white gold chain around his neck with a microphone. <laughs> I like the idea that it's so embarrassing that like even that group of guys would be like, well, let's not say anything. <laughs> He's humiliated himself. It's so funny, like listening to this, like uh, when you hear people, they used to be like just nervous about the shirt they were wearing that day. Yeah. You can like feel it throughout this whole thing. Oh, for sure. And that, but that's where, that's where Colin Quinn is great. And I would say Norton and Geraldo, most of these guys, honestly, but particularly those three and Patrice would pick it something that like, you wouldn't even think, I think like a traditional white guy would probably think like, Oh, well I can't make fun of this black guy's chain or whatever. Colin Quinn literally calls out like the stereotype of it and manages to make it hilarious. <laughs> um, Next, we stay with Colin Quinn, who uh, makes fun of someone's name change. Oh, yeah. This is so, this is interesting. Bill Burr, you, I, I've heard this referenced a lot over the years, uh, used to go by Billy Burr, and he was entering his more mature years, and Colin has... That's the exact perfect thing to annoy Colin Quinn. <laughs> uh, so he has to comment on it. There's my man, Billy Burr. He's gone through quite a career change writing-wise. <laughs> No, in the past year, he's gone through a metamorphosis. He took the Y off his name, so it's Bill Burr. Good luck with that. Anyway. <laughs> you actually removed a letter, and you still wrote more than Voss last year, so. Oh, God. <laughs> really, the only joke he told about it was slamming Voss. <laughs> yeah, okay. that, that, that's very funny. I think that's a funny historical moment. Just to be like, yeah, good luck with that. And now Bill Burr's selling, making movies and selling out arenas. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, all those people still call him Billy, too, if you listen to him on podcasts or whatever. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard Bob Kelly sometimes like almost correct himself and be like, Bill Burr, he was Billy back then, but Bill Burr. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he, he went through a transformation. It's such a weird distinguishing, because there's it's hard to even put your finger on where, Yes, Billy sounds like a little kid. Like if he was Billy Burr, I don't know if he'd be as respected, which is weird. But it's the same name. Like I don't know why that is. Yeah, it's like, but but it's correct because you you call little kids Billy. So. Yeah, right. If he was if he was fifty five years old, hey, I'm Billy Burr. <laughs> I'm Billy the Kid. Yeah, <laughs> he, he made the right choice. Ultimately, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, we have someone on here that I completely forgot was on this. Deus Todd Barry. Yeah, Todd. So. I think if you go listen to the whole thing and I didn't want to have like, cause uh, for a couple of guys, we have three or four clips. So I didn't want to have too much of each one. I didn't know how long it would take to get, this is probably the most clips we've had, but it should take us the quickest amount to get through each of them. Mm -hmm. But if you go listen to Todd's entire roast, I think he probably does the second best of the night. Yeah. Like he did very well and he doesn't seem like he would fit in this crew, but he does a, a great job. His delivery plays well with this crowd. Very, very yeah, well. Yeah. And I'll tell you a great joke he had after this that I didn't know if the context would make sense. So I'll explain it. But it's been a great year for Patrice. It has. It really has. Colin Quinn made him a regular panelist on Tough Crowd. And if you think that's an honor, you should keep in mind that Colin is also the guy who thought Keith Robinson should have a writing job. <laughs> I thought this was a roast, people. 
Keith didn't even fucking show up, man. But Tough Crowd is actually, it's a great show. I, I actually know people who work at Comedy Central, and Colin had a great pitch for the show. He said, you know that show, Politically Incorrect? Yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, politically incorrect was Bill Maher's show, The Tough Crowd Replaced. <laughs> and it is like, I think Tough Crowd's a totally different show, but it is a similar format if you're looking at it. On paper, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing there is uh, that Keith, he mentioned that Keith didn't show up. So this is a, a the- another theme throughout the evening is that Keith Robinson's not there yet. And even towards the end, Voss keeps going like, where's Keith? Is Keith here yet? And Patrice is like, ah, he's not showing up. Um, spoiler alert, he does eventually. So we'll get there. But yeah. I just want to, when people say Keith's not there, I don't know if that comes up again, but that's why. Um, do we have another Todd Berry or is that it? Uh, you were going to explain a clip you did not cut. Yeah, I didn't know if we had another one before I do that. But uh, Todd Berry gets up there. And I didn't know if this would make sense because no one would know who the Steinbergs are. Um, I got to know if we'd mention them or not. But uh, Todd Berry goes, uh, I could tell this was a classy Steinberg event when I walked in and saw not one, but two large pizzas. (laughs) (laughs) It was just such a funny description. (laughs) Catered the event with two pizzas. It sounds like there's a million people there. There's a ton on the stage. (laughs) All Um, right. Who's next? uh, Norton. Oh, beautiful. And as far as NBC, I, I saw Last Comic Standing. Don't cancel that big weekend in Lancaster yet. <laughs> You're perfect for television if they're looking for a retarded Jew or a clever Dominican. <laughs> you stink. The fucking Steinberg brothers, could you have picked bigger idiots to manage your career? You two dumbbells couldn't get De Niro in audition in Tribeca. <laughs> and I don't want to say that Evan's an alcoholic, but Geraldo actually told him he should go to an AA meeting. <laughs> Your liver sees more booze than Vanessa's act. <laughs> That again felt like kind of a Rickles line, but I, I liked it. <laughs> your booze, your liver sees more booze than correct. There also, uh, another reason I wanted to keep that in there was there's not a ton of jokes made at Geraldo's expense. Like there were a few kind of, the only jokes about Geraldo were kind of calling him like smart, smart. essentially. <laughs> yeah. Like saying he wrote too much and he went to Harvard. <laughs> but that was, so that was the only joke at the uh, expense of his crippling addiction. So I wanted to leave that in there. But uh, speaking of Geraldo, he is next. Yeah, Geraldo is one of my favorites. Um, I think if we were doing, if we did the Geraldo episode now, I think a lot more people would have watched it. Yeah. (laughs) But but we did it at a time where uh, the podcast was very new. So go go back and check out the Greg Geraldo episode because I thought it was uh, very interesting. But that was another, I should say another joke that was mentioned a lot about Geraldo was that like a teacher's pet with Colin Quinn saying that like, he kissed Colin Quinn's ass, basically. Um, but what I always found fascinating about him is like, and it kind of does fit, is the joke at the Tough Crowd finale was always that Geraldo should have replaced Colin Quinn at, for the show to stay on the air. And not, I think Colin Quinn was the perfect host for that show, 
But I have always wondered, like, oh, if they gave it to Geraldo, I wonder because Comedy Central loved him so much. I wonder if that might have done better. But we'll, we'll never know, unfortunately. But anyways, here's Greg Geraldo. Never say never. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But you are an inspiration, boss. Seriously, you really are. You prove that that even with diction like a like a like a fucking mallard and a bowling pin for teeth, if you <laughs> if, if you stay positive and work hard after twenty years, you can beat out six open micers for a spot on the most degrading show <laughs> in the history in the history of television. Now. What I loved about that, the reason I chose that joke specifically, <laughs> is that Greg Giraldo, of course, was a judge on Last Comic Standing the year before he died. So <laughs> it was just so much mean shit in there. It was just perfect. <laughs> it's uh, another reason I love it is because without saying his name, it is insulting uh, our friend Dat Fan. So I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's Last Comic Standing is an interesting thing because like. That was the narrative. Like Voss got the shit beat out of him for being on that show, because like there, that was just what Greg said. Like, oh, you're competing against open micers, basically. And then it kind of kind of became a formula. Like every comic did it. Like at least auditioned for it. Like all the guys you're a fan of now, if they were in New York in 2007 to 2000. 13 or whatever the last year that show was, they probably auditioned for last comic standing. So it did kind of become a path and it was actually a really smart thing for Voss to do because I do think it bumped him up a not like it gave him a little more, uh, credibility, you know, for sure. At that point is because a lot of those guys had other thing, like obviously tough crowd and Norton had Opie and Anthony Geraldo started to get a lot of shit on comedy central. Voss didn't really have that one thing until he was on last comic standing. I just like the teeth for, or bowling pins for teeth. Just it it tickles me every time I hear it. Yeah, you didn't even know need to know who he was talking no, about. No, you knew. Like the, the clip, he doesn't say rich in that clip or anything. You just knew immediately yeah, who he was talking about. Yeah, exactly. But uh this is Geraldo again talking about uh um Brazil. Oh yeah. So this uh, for those that don't know, any Opie and Anthony fan knows because it was mentioned eleven thousand times. Yep. But Voss, Bobby, Patrice, and Norton mm -hmm. uh, would go to Brazil. They take vacations to Brazil with the sole intention of fucking prostitutes. And uh, a lot of stories have been told about that over the years. And so Geraldo mentioned it because at this time it was pretty recent. Uh, let's get. Uh, let's just get to Patrice. How about that? The manatee of the hour. Uh, you know. The original line back then. I don't know. Uh, I actually, it's fucked up. I think I like you more than most people. I was all ready to, I think I like you more than most people do. I really got no problem with Patrice. And I'm actually, I'm actually sort of envious of his lifestyle. Like, I wish I could just travel all over the world, leaving a trail of flattened hookers in my wake. I don't, he's always trying to make me feel shitty about my own life, about being married with kids. I'm like, yeah, I, I, get, I wish I didn't have that. I wish I can get on a plane for 14 hours with three greasy comics and two giant creepy Jews, you know, to, to, go, to go fuck some syphletic slum dweller who's got to struggle as hard as she can not to have a disgusted look on her face as she wipes her milky load off her chin. You know, just... just uh, you see her just thinking, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up. The four kids will eat tonight. Just don't fucking puke. I don't 
mean you specifically. I mean, I mean, I mean that whole crew of fucking mongrels. These fucking Voss over there in Rio acting like a player, taking this two hundred bucks from the VFW weekend, getting like, ooh, baby. <laughs> Just the, the language he uses in that joke, I just love so much. But it is also funny to hear that, because that was looked, I remember that being talked about as like this, like, wow, I can't, how cool is it that those guys did that? So I loved hearing in that time, Geraldo being like, what a group of fucking mongrels. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, next, we have uh, Bill Burr. Yes, yeah, so uh, no longer Billy Burr. And uh, Bill Burr gets a couple of a couple of good a uh, couple of good jabs in. Again, this was actually harder to clip than I expected because a lot of these like <coughs> to try to put a lot of these clips into like a you know one minute context was a little difficult. Um, so if anyone's interested, I would say go back and watch or listen to the whole thing um, because there are definitely some good jokes that I don't have included in here because it just wouldn't have made sense. I do. I got to do a disclaimer. I'm getting the most fucking groans here. And Patrice is fat. Patrice has that awful fat person bad breath where you don't know if it's coming. The smell's coming from his mouth or one of the folds in his neck. Patrice's breath smells worse than Jim Norton's chest. (laughs) I make fun of Patrice. I make fun of Patrice only because I'm jealous of his career. Seriously, he's doing great. He just booked the lead to the sequel to Mighty Joe Young. Patrice, you really do. You really do look like an out-of-shape gorilla. You look like that gorilla at the zoo that doesn't want to fuck anymore. All right, I was playing with all of you. God bless all of you. I love you, Patrice. Only for 10 years. Seriously, man. I'll do anything for you. Thank you. Nia's going to be pissed if that ever surfaces. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, that, that's true. That's definitely a joke you wouldn't be making these days. But it was a different time. Let's try to remember, for the love of God. Yeah, he liked laughing uh, back then. <laughs> <laughs> but what's what's interesting is like I kind of remember Burr like my memory tells me oh Burr was never as vicious as all of those guys um, like for, for, I don't know why I thought that maybe just because he's softened over the years a little bit but uh, that, like his set was just as vicious as anyone else's and I even think like to say someone's breath smells is such a personal thing because the all whether it does or not. So literally this is just like, I'm going to say something to you that, you know, maybe I have or haven't said to you in person, but I want you to know it. (laughs) It smells worse than Norton's chest is a very funny line. (laughs) Yeah. Good two for one. (laughs) Uh, Next we have Ben Bailey. Oh, wow. We're cruising through these shoes. We have Um, uh, eight clips left, including this. So this to me was the set of the night. I thought, uh, and then not, I shouldn't even say I thought it's pretty much objective. Yeah. Uh, ben Bailey crushes and we, I, I have a couple of clips. I ended with what I think is the best joke, but he goes on for another like four or five minutes after this and he is just pissed. So to set this up properly, um, Keith has shown up. Keith is here now. Keith Robinson is in the, uh, on the dais now showed up late. And Voss tried to let Keith go before him. And I think Ben got already bumped a couple of times. So he's pissed. And he also makes a reference how, like, he's had to stay sober. He hasn't been able to have a drink yet because he wants to be sober when he goes up. And so he seems audibly annoyed <laughs> when, he, when he takes the mic. And then he just starts laying into people. I like this. By the way, I also should say, I- yes, Ben Bailey, the host of Cash Cab, 
on, I don't even know where you used to be able to find it, but the game show network now. <laughs> yeah. It was like on E or something. It was some weird channel. Yeah. So just imagine like, you know, Pat Sajak doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to start by listing a few things that I truly feel sorry for. Your feet, your chair, your belt, your toilet, and your mother's uterus. <laughs> now let's get started. You fat, obnoxious prick. You giant waste of human life. You reason for all pain, sorrow, and remorse. You are truly nothing more than a giant shit stain on the filthy underwear that is the comedy business. I would call you pretentious, which is defined as expressing excessive or unwarranted importance, worth, or stature. But I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be able to spell it. So for tonight, let's stick to things like fat and dumb. In England, Patrice is a little girl's name. Here in the U.S., it's a name you give a child that you hate regardless of sex. <laughs> so he start. usually you're like, and, and finally, let's get to the man of the hour. And then you have your Patrice jokes. He starts with those. <laughs> And then he just keeps spewing venom as the as the set goes on. Yeah, this is I'm talking about Norton's looks. Okay, yeah, this I will say Norton's looks uh, were definitely a topic for uh, fodder, but this was one of the better jokes of the night on that behalf. Jim Norton. It is hard to write an insult about a man whose physical appearance is so insulting in itself. It's hard to hurt a man who has to get up every day and see that face looking back at himself in the mirror, horrified. You look like one of those stress dolls whose ears pop out when you squeeze his head. Except you're uglier and stupider. You've always been one of my favorites, Jim, but don't let it go to your head. I only know two other pedophiles. <laughs> so mean just to say that your looks are so insulting themselves that he couldn't write a joke for them. <laughs> ben Bailey, by the way, I should say just check out Ben Bailey's special, any material he has online. He is very funny. Like he's yeah. a completely underrated comedian. Um, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, like I said, know him as the host of Cash Cab. But he he has a great joke about hosting Cash Cab. If I say it now, I would butcher it. But um, he even has a few hilarious jokes about that. So check out Ben Bailey. Um, but like I said, our uh, this is our last clip of him, right? The next one, yep. Yeah. So he, uh, like I said, Keith showed up. It's also important to know Keith has mentored a lot of young comedians, uh, Big J Okerson, Kurt Metzger, uh, Joe DeRosa, uh, like Sam Murill, guys like that talk about uh, kind of, you know, knowing Keith when they were very young and him being good to them. Uh, one, probably I would assume the most famous is Kevin Hart, who uh, like Keith took Kevin under his wing and, you know, brought him to New York and kind of nurtured him, got him into a lot of clubs and stuff like that. Um, and so Ben Bailey tackles that issue as well as just Keith's general, uh, general being, I guess. I've never known anyone who had such a collection of hideously ugly clothing and the awful pear-shaped body to match <laughs> until I met Keith Robinson. <laughs> Shut up, whore. 
I like that's how angry someone just groaned in the audience and he goes, shut up, whore. And his delivery again is perfect. I don't know, I, to be honest, I don't know how Ben Bailey didn't get a show off of this. No like, kidding. That's how much I'm enjoying his set. No kidding. Shut up, whore. Keith, you have the worst sweater collection in history. <laughs> Sinbad would be appalled at your wardrobe and your act. <laughs> you horrible hack. You have no chance of success and you know it. That's why the words God damn it come out of your mouth at least a hundred times in every boring set that you do. You look like an older version of Martin Lawrence if he was out of shape, lonely, and unsuccessful. <laughs> unsuccessful, which is a brand new term. You should have stuck with wrestling. I'm sure the Black Scorpion had a better career path. <laughs> Can I say, Ben's delivery of this one makes me think like someone else. Like sometimes people have, like for roasts, you have uh, other guys write jokes for you sometimes. Yeah. That to me felt like one that Ben didn't write because it caught him off guard. <laughs> <laughs> or it was like one that he did write and he was having second thoughts as he went to say it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> a, better, a better career path than Keith Goddammit Robinson ever will. And I know he had a better outfit. <laughs> You took a little Kev under your wing and he ripped it off and flew away with it. <laughs> Shut up. You showed up just in time. You took a little Kev under your wing and he ripped it off and flew away with it, leaving you with one wing flying in circles between New York and Philadelphia forever. Quit now so that both of your shitty cars can finally have a rest. <laughs> that to me, that, that second part to me is the better line than Kev ripping off the wing and flying to Los Angeles with it. Because Keith literally would drive from Philly to New York to do spots and all that shit. And the image of a one-winged Keith Robinson <laughs> having to fly back and forth. In circles. <laughs> it's such a brilliant line. And that's one that I mentioned at the beginning of the show when I said that there are moments from this that are mentioned still today. Uh, I've heard a lot of comics reference, of all ages, <laughs> reference Ben Bailey's slam on Keith Robinson there because it's such a unique... Like, the uh, thinking of that is... Just brilliant joke writing. Like, that's impressive. It's worthy of holding up for 20 years. <laughs> just the idea, though, that uh, Kevin Hart just abandoned him as soon as he got any fame is very funny. <laughs> Ripping his wing off. And keep in mind, this is 2003. So, Kevin Hart, I don't even think was in 40 year old Virgin yet. No, I think he, he shot like a either half hour or his first special, maybe. Yeah, he'd, he'd gotten some stuff for sure, but like, he wasn't Kevin Hart. No. So imagine that joke now, like how much harder that joke hits now with how Kevin Hart's one of the most famous people on the planet. Oh yeah. Not even close. And Keith Robinson is the same level he was 20 years ago, probably. Yeah. Uh, 40 year old virgin is 2005. Yeah. So he hadn't shot that yet even. And he has two lines in that, you know? Right. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, Ben, ba and like, and like I said, Ben Bailey set lasts for like, they're, they're, chanting for him they're getting, there's a ben chant happening it lasts for like five more minutes he's crushing and then 
one of the most disastrous sets you'll ever see. So it turns out Keith Robinson was not only late and had to go last before Patrice, uh, but also didn't have anything prepared. Which he so, he did uh, for the he was in that same position with the Voss roast, and that's why he backed out. I'm pretty sure I heard that right. Yeah, he also had a stroke, which he used as his shield, but we know the real reason. Yeah, I mean, he was there. He was laughing. <laughs> he was there. That's true. But uh, here we go. Uh, all right. Yeah. So we have a couple of uh, examples of Keith's performance here. God damn. Wow. That's the most stage Tom Bennett's had in 13 years. <laughs> that motherfucker used that up wisely. <laughs> He got fucking open micers, everybody in that shit. All right, man, now he made me wish I would have wrote for this shit. But I didn't, so fucking take what I got, goddammit. Right off the cuff. If it stinks, What's hilarious? It stinks, in the goddammit, he's already doing one of Ben's jokes about him. Three times. Where he says, Keith has no thoughts in his head, so he says, goddammit, every other word. <laughs> he probably wasn't listening. I don't give a fuck. Yes. Yeah. Who knows? All right, let's see who we got. Before we get to the the main course, Patrice O'Neill, we're gonna go around the room and see what we got here. You wanna go fucking regroup another minute? No, after that, after fucking Ben Bailey fucking went out with getting he's still getting handshake. Look at Artie. Ben, can I open for you the next roast? <laughs> I do like the image of Ben Bailey walking around shaking hands <laughs> while Keith's still on stage. It's very funny. Uh, next uh, uh, is Keith just officially bombing. Yeah, so he, I'll say, I mean, like, Keith's a good comic, and he's one of the all-time ball busters. So, like, he has a couple things where you're like, okay, maybe he did prepare, but then you realize he just has enough of a quick wit that he can kind of get a couple of zingers out. That's tough to do in a roast, again, with a murderer's row like this. So he's trying to improv these lines, and uh, nothing's coming to him. Oh, and Robert Kelly. How about Robert Kelly? Give it up for Robert Kelly. I'm sure he did good. Robert Kelly could have the only guy that can be described as bitter and jolly in the same sentence, Captain. I thought that would be something. What? <laughs> did you hear Foss? Try fucking the stool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so funny. You did that, uh, Robert, when you were a handsome Italian, you know. <laughs> now that you're a fat Mexican, that shit don't work. Fuck, I hate, you know what, folks? This is all I got. I'm going to step it up in a half a second. God damn, I'm losing the crowd. What the fuck? I never had a walkout on a roast before, but what the fuck? Patrice hasn't even gone like that. They're like, nope. Here we go. I think I got something else. Oh. <laughs> Greg Giraldo's here. Greg Giraldo had one of the funniest half hour one night stands of all time. Common Law, I think it was called. I get it. Common Law? No? Nothing? That was good. He's bombing so hard that Patrice is now defending him. <laughs> That's, which is rare. Uh, don't stick up for him. All right. Here's my last thing. If this one don't go, 
you do good. I'm quitting comedy. This <laughs> 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 is one joke. If this shit don't go, I actually prepared this one. <laughs> Sweat like this. one of Lisa's lines. <laughs> Thank you, boss. I knew you'd save me. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Last thing last too? The, that line only worked like the hey, thanks, boss. I, I knew you'd save me. It only worked if you if your first joke bombs and you say something like that, but when you've been bombing for minutes, <laughs> a, a boss bomb isn't gonna pull you out of that. <laughs> Comic standing last night. Forget about that tour you were thinking about, Jackass. <laughs> Fuck! God damn it! All right, here it is, Patrice. I don't have to get off of this, god damn it. You're doing so bad, you just strap yourself around Hood's waist. <laughs> I can take this pound, and I can take it. For the next four weeks, maybe a year. <laughs> so, so he's really struggling, and it almost seems like if you guys didn't, if this is the first time I'm introducing you to Keith Robinson, and you didn't know who he was before that, you would think like, oh, they just pulled a man out of the audience and were like, hey, do comedy. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I was like at uh, the Kirkman drive-in show where they were like, hey, do some stand. I'm like, ah, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> That's the situation Keith's in right now. Yeah. Uh, but it uh, continues. He gets booed. Yeah, this is grand. This is not the only time, by the way. So let's hear it. This is the thing. I was uh, over at Norton's house. I was sleeping over. And I, got, I happened to come across some letters that Norton had wrote out. <laughs> And uh, this is why he was on uh, when he got Obi and Anthony. Here's some of the letters that he wrote. Uh, Dear Dice, I oh fuck this. You know what, folks? Colleagues, by the way, that are yeah. moving yes. <laughs> Oh fuck! I got fucking Maurice heckling me. This is bullshit. Wait a minute! I've never been heckled at a fuck. I haven't been booed this bad since the Apollo in 1990. Goddamn it! I should. You're right. <laughs> Shut up! I got. <laughs> So he keeps going and, he, and then he starts doing the thing where he's kind of like, I'm not getting off stage. <laughs> like I'm going to walk the room basically. And then the crowd starts chanting, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. <laughs> so it became orchestrated heckling from the audience. <laughs> Which it's that bad that they can communicate. <laughs> it's truly like one of the worst roast sets. But I, I, I can't even call it one of the worst because he just straight up didn't prepare for it and was trying to go off the top of his head. Not at all. But, uh, but it is uh, pretty brutal, especially following Ben Bailey, who crushed. Unex- like, I don't think anyone really expected that. Ben Bailey was awesome. Going between and Ben Bailey. Yeah, between Ben Bailey and Patrice. That's your spot. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. And the other thing, too, is like, He was his own worst enemy because when he set up that Norton bit and was like, Norton had these letters, you almost think, oh, it's like what Bobby did to Steve Byrne. Like he actually found some dirt on Norton and he's going to reveal it here. Yeah. 
and he had nothing. <laughs> he did like a sound effect of something. A, a a blowing, I assume. Like he was blowing dice, but it doesn't work because he said it was a letter. Right. None, none of it worked. None of it worked. And then I got to say, Patrice came on and didn't even kill because like Keith sucked the energy out of the room. <laughs> yeah, the room got demolished in a bad way. And, and you could tell like people started leaving, I think. And Patrice even said a couple of times like, I don't care. No one's doing worse than Keith, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, here's a little bit of Patrice. Well, that was embarrassing for my friend. <laughs> a lot of people, but you got to understand, that's what we do. Uh, Keith is going to hear about that every fucking day for, for a long time. And I understand what he was doing, but it was in front of comics. You can't trick them with your fucking, I'm not going to bomb kind of trick. They, they just... <laughs> I'm going to do this, and I don't care if I walk the room. It's comics. They're going to stand there and fucking laugh at you like they did. So, man, what are you going to do? Uh- <laughs> He's pulling the curtain back. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that's what's amazing about Patrice, too, is just what you would expect, like, oh, he's going to have a feast with Keith. And this is where I say, like, everyone that says, like, oh, Patrice would, you know, if Patrice were alive today, he would have this comment about this topic. But you really don't know because you think, like, oh, he's going to go up there and skewer Keith. Instead, he kind of goes up there and is like, boy, my buddy really, I mean, that's rough. He's going to hear about that for a long time. He almost felt like sympathy for him. That's almost worse than continuing the pile on. It's way worse. It's just pointing out how bad it was and not saying anything on, no commentary. (laughs) It's like Colin's joke earlier where he says, like, people felt. Like uncomfortable. Like we shouldn't even mention it about the go- necklace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, the last clip. Last one. Huh? All right. One more from the great Patrice O'Neill. You hear the new? There was a news report that uh, they found a miracle drug that cures all diseases. And uh, on a sad note, Jim Norton just quit comedy. <laughs> Wait, did Patrice invent monkeypox? The name? <laughs> did that exist 20 years ago? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah it did. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 by the way, is a very funny analysis of, like, Norton's comedy, especially back then. Like, I like Norton's obviously one of my favorites. But, like, particularly back then, there was a lot of, like, hey, if I just say he slipped in a puddle of AIDS, that's, <laughs> there's my punchline. Right. <laughs> um, that was also basically what Keith was trying to do with the Norton letter joke yes he just sucked at it yeah patrice like this is how you do it buddy i'll show you (laughs) i'll show you the way so yeah it it is like to me it's one of the great roasts because it's people who genuinely enjoy busting each other's balls you know what i mean like if you put justin bieber and martha stewart and mike tyson and anthony jeselnik in a room anthony jeselnik will have some funny jokes for sure and uh, Tony Hinchcliffe and Mike Lawrence will read some funny lines for the rest of them. But there's no, like, passion that no one gives a fuck about busting Martha Stewart's balls, you know? Right. right. So that's why these, to me, the Voss Rose to this one, when it's uh, genuine friends or people that, like, know each other and work together and all that, um, I think you get a lot better material out of that. And uh, also, of course, it's our uh, annual salute to the great Patrice O'Neill. So... Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you haven't checked out the full roast, I hope 
Maybe this inspires you to check it out. And let me know your thoughts comments. Uh, let me know other things, by the way. Um, also leave a comment of what we should do next year for the anniversary of Patrice O'Neill. So rest in peace, Patrice. And um, I felt like I said that wrong, but I don't think I did. <laughs> Go to blindmike.net. That's where you get... Yeah. All the things that support this show, all of our links are there, whether you're looking uh, to find this program on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, you can find all the links. Um, you can subscribe on YouTube. You can watch the full video on YouTube. Subscribe, tap the notification bell so you always know when we're dropping new episodes. And uh, if you want bonus episodes, as well as these episodes a week early, so you get early access and bonus episodes, then join the Patreon or become a YouTube member whichever is more convenient for you. Um, all the links for all that stuff is at blindmike.net. So go to blindmike.net for uh, all of those goodies. And if you want to support the Craigster, uh, you can go to verygoodshow.org. Craig does a very good show with his pals, a couple of shock jocks. Yeah. And uh, they also do Rubbed Out, which is a true crime podcast that they've been doing. So uh, check all of those out. Did I miss anything there, Craig? Nope. New episodes next week if you're listening on Patreon. He seems really excited about it, so you should be too. I have, I, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> we just got nothing this week. All right, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Let me know uh, your thoughts in the comments, and we'll talk to you guys next time on Why You Left. Zip it up and zip it out. Yeah.